episode is sponsored by award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, Boo Things, it's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Gooey Things. Oh. <laughs> hey, Boo Things, welcome back to Just Gooey Things, and we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So before we get started with this holiday special episode, which we'll be talking about further, Lily, I feel like you have some updates to tell us on your work life. So uh, (laughs) what's going on? If he ever... If he ever finds this podcast, he is just going to take his banking elsewhere. I swear to God. So, so on Sunday, it was my coworker's last day. So we all went out to cut this out, cut this out. Never mind, Cause I don't want to advertise that I went out, even though we're all vaccinated. Okay. So on Sunday, I got a text from my coworker and she was like, Hey, bagel boy came in today. And I was like, Oh man, I missed him. Did he bring any bagels? Cause we all know that's what I'm really in it for. And she's like, Oh no. Ha ha. So I go into work on Monday And I'm just like doing my thing, working at the computer. And who pulls up but Bagel Boy? Of course he does. Right? the timing. Yeah. So I see that he's not eating a bagel. And I'm like, hey, Bagel Boy, you got no bagel. The inconsistency, like I can't handle it. Which I actually pretty much said. I was like, the inconsistency. Like, do you have one or not? And he was like, oh, I'm trying to eat healthier, less carbs. Like, yeah, me too. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm sure you're good. And I'm like, is that a compliment or just an unwarranted comment on my body? Like, I don't even know. So I just kind of like laughed because I'm not even sure if that's what he said because he's like, there was glass and like the microphone isn't good. So I just kind of like did that. (laughs) And just... (laughs) But then, of course, it kicked in that I was like, I'm at work and not looking to meet anybody. What am I doing? So I was like, okay, uh, you're all set. Have a good day. And he was like, yeah, you too. <laughs> so give him his receipt. He leaves. And my coworker who was on lunch at the time was like, Lil, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so I'm sitting there today and I have... I have nothing to do. So I'm just like hanging out, sipping a Diet Coke as one does. And I see like just a car pull up and there's like these two dudes in it. And I'm like, I don't recognize these guys. Cause it was like one from the side. I'm like, who are these? I'm like, hi, like, welcome to the bank. How are you? Oh, Hey, bagel boy. And it was like him and his buddy. His buddy's like looking at me, like trying to look at me. And I'm like, stranger, what are you doing? My face doesn't matter to you. And I knew he had come in on Sunday because my coworker told me, right? So I was just like, oh, hi again. He's like, oh, (laughs) so like that. Yeah, pretty much. That's the man voice we were talking about before we were recording. And I'm like talking to him, you know, and I was like, 
you know, good to see you again. And he's like, yeah, always good to see you. And I was like, oh, no, that's no, 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 no. Please don't. I hope this doesn't go down that road. And then sure enough, it did. And I was like, I made a joke. I was like, all right, well, you're all set. I'll see you. I mean, tomorrow, apparently, you just can't stay away. And then it left my mouth. And I was like, no, that's no, 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 no. (laughs) He like looked at me and like drove away. And I was like, shit, I didn't just say that. That came across much more like. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Like it was supposed to be like, since you, you know what I mean? It was supposed to be a joke because like the bank is not an enthralling place. You know what I mean? It's like going to the gynecologist. Like you go when you have to, but you'd much rather not spend your day off there. Yeah. So I said it, I was like, oh, you just can't stay away. And I meant because like the bank is not a tempting place to go to, but it sounded very like inviting and, and like vivacious. And I told my coworker, I was like, I just accidentally hit on someone. Like, why is it when I want to flirt, I stutter. And then I accidentally like, I, I, I don't understand. But anyways, he, um, he like raised his eyebrows and not like, yeah, I'll see you later. So all is not lost. Okay. So he like, he took it well, like you're not going to be getting a call from HR for sexual harassment. No, I hope, Jesus Christ, I hope not. I love my fucking job so much. But like, even though it's stressful sometimes, but but it left my mouth. And maybe he was just like raising his eyebrows because he saw the panic in my eyes that it came across completely differently than my intention. Which happens with like 80% of the shit I say. Um, But yeah, it was like this like beat and and. I I don't know. I don't know what came over me, but it was definitely, you know, it's like, oh, I wanted it to be like an, oh, since you just can't stay away. But I think it was more of a just since you just can't stay away. It was kind of like you might as well have said, I want you to take that cream cheese on your bagel and just rub it all over me and then lick it off. That's pretty much what you said. <laughs> That's that's pretty much what you were asking for. That that's that's getting fired one oh one. Tremendous been like, oh, you got a bagel? I got something you could do with that cream cheese. But <laughs> there really, really, really was not what I meant. And of course, legally, I cannot stress this enough. Nothing is going to happen. So I don't know why I waste time telling you these stories, but the misadventures of Willie at the bank are in full swing. All right. So um, as we kind of prefaced earlier in this episode, we're going to be basing this week's episode on St. Patrick's Day. So for those that for some reason may not be familiar with St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to give a little background behind it and kind of how we're going to tie in St. Patrick's Day as the holiday into this week's episode. So St. Patrick's Day, or also known as the Feast of St. Patrick, is a cultural and religious celebration held on March 17th. And it's the traditional death day of St. Patrick, who is the foremost patron saint of Ireland. Now, this day not only commemorates St. Patrick, but also the arrival of Christianity in Ireland and celebrates the heritage and culture of the Irish in general. So, of course, included in Irish culture, there's ghosts and fairies and other mythical creatures. 
Ireland is certainly a source of some of the most colorful paranormal phenomenon in the world. And in a landscape dotted with historic haunted castles and ancient graveyards, the ghost stories coming out of Ireland are never ending. So on today's episode, Lily and I will be reading some of our favorite Irish paranormal stories. And um, this, uh, these, some of these stories and some of the information that we got to provide this week's episode to you is from americasmosthaunted.com. So uh, if you're ever looking for some good reads on paranormal activity, definitely check out americasmosthaunted.com. But what is the first, uh, the first, I guess, Irish paranormal story you're going to be talking about today? All right. So the first one is the White Lady of Kinsale. Can we just so it's, that like this episode is starting off with a lady in white? I know. Sounds I don't know typical. So this is the White Lady of Kinsale, which is how I will be pronouncing it. It's probably pronounced like Kinshalay, but that's on New Ireland. So. <laughs> Charles Fort was a military fortress designed to defend against approaching enemies. A young soldier, soldier from Charles Fort married a local girl. The union commemorated with a festive and joyous celebration. The bridge room had watch duty on his wedding night. And the full day of heavy drinking got the better of him and he fell asleep while on watch. This was a huge dereliction of duty in the eyes of the command. He was found sleeping at his post by his captain and unceremoniously shot on the spot. When his bride learned of her new husband's execution, she jumped to her death from one of the fort's walls. Her distraught spirit never moved on. She has become known as the White Lady of Kinsale. Her ghost has been spotted both outside and inside the fort, always in a long white dress. She sometimes smiles at young children and women. A nurse spotted the apparition standing over the bed of a child who was sleeping. Soldiers stationed at the fort report a much different spirit. Soldier, several captains swear they were pushed down a flight of stairs by an unseen force. The White Lady of Kinsale was thought to be responsible for this angry, for this angry about what happened to her husband. So my first story for today is about Lord Tyrone and Lady Beresford of Waterford. So John and Nicola were orphan children who were taken in and raised together by atheist guardians. The pair made a pact to never forget the Christian origins of their birth. The first to die would come back to the other, thus proving that there was life after death. Years went on and the two grew into adulthood. Nicola awoke one night to find her foster brother at her bedside. He told her he had just died but there was her, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, let me just say that. But he told her he had just died, but was there to fulfill their childhood pact. John, Lord Tyrone, told Nicola, Lady Beresford, of prophetic events to come, including her own death at age 47. Nicola was terrified and asked for proof that the vision was real. The ghost grabbed her wrist, leaving a permanent withered mark. After that night, she always wore a black silk ribbon to hide the disfigurement. Everything her brother told her that night came true, except she lived to see her 48th birthday. She celebrated with a party, inviting family, friends, and a clergyman who knew her as a child. Lady Beresford was delighted to have outlived her brother's prediction. 
Her joy was cut short when the clergyman produced a birth registry, which showed that she was actually a year younger than what she thought. She was indeed 47. Lady Beresford resigned herself to her fate. She went home, made out her will, and died that very evening. Lady Beresford and Lord Tyrone now haunt the land of their birth together, dispelling any of the atheist views which were forced upon them as children. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so I don't like that, but these are ride-or-die siblings. I can't imagine my brother and I ever agreeing on something and sticking with it like that. Um, Lily, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. would you, if you were given the option to know when you were going to die, would you want to know or would you rather just let it be a mystery up until the moment? So... You know what? I honestly, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I'm a big procrastinator. And I literally know that I would just push everything off until like, oh, I die on my, you know, like, let's say I die on my 48th birthday. That's what they say. You know, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll definitely help you move out of your apartment and into your new house. Uh, Just like, you know, what? the weekend after my 48th birthday is what works best. That way I don't have to fucking do it. Fair. Fair. But at the same time, at the same time, I could use, oh, well, I'm about to die and don't want to as leverage. So I don't, I don't know. That's a mixed bag. You know what I mean? I could like just get whatever I want with it. Yeah, True. You know, oh, I only have three weeks to live. You better let me into Disney for three weeks for free or whatever, you know, like. And Disney customer service would totally do that for you. They'd be like, oh, bless your heart or whatever they, I don't know. But so I have a counter question for you. Would you, would you rather know how you die or when you die? And like you have, if you like you have to pick, you have to pick one or the other. I would rather know how I die because I don't think I'd want to know when I die just because I feel like I would just be a ticking time bomb and I mm-hmm. just be anxious about that. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I don't know. I just, for some reason would feel like knowing how I die, it just could happen whenever sporadically. Yeah. Especially if it's in like a common way. Yeah, like say if it was like I get hit by a car. Okay, well that could happen any day of the week. Like mm-hmm. I just kind of, I just kind of want to be taken out by surprise. That's that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a theory that I'm gonna die, and I've had this theory for a while, just in a freak accident. Literally, like a piano falling from the sky. Like, and everyone's gonna be like, "How did she die?" My mom will be like, "Oh, a piano fell out of the sky," and they'll be like, "No, seriously, like, how did she die?" Like th- that kind of crazy shit. Well, that if I were told, God forbid, of your passing and that was the cause of death, I'd be like, okay, sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. People who really know me will believe it. <laughs> you know, oh, Lily can't come into work today. She, you know, she drove into a wall, but it looked like a tunnel. You know, oh yeah, that sounds about right. All right, when's the service? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where can I send flowers? Yeah, exactly. All right, so- well- What is your next story? Okay. My next story slash 
legend slash being is the Banshee. So the Banshee is not exactly a ghost, but also not quite a cryptid. The Banshee is something that strikes fear into the hearts of those who hear her cry. Usually given a feminine quality, the Banshee is a harbinger of death, appearing when someone in the household is about to die. Ooh! So the Banshee is thought to be a type of dark, fairy creature. Although some believe she is a death omen, others believe she feeds on sadness and seeks out those who suffer from broken hearts. She can kill with the power of her cry, a high-pitched scream that shatters glass and makes blood boil under the skin. And there's this terrifying drawing called The Banshee Appears, which is a picture by H. Prose, I think. I don't know. It's hard to read the text on it, but we'll post it on our Instagram at Just Goody Things Podcast. So often depicted as a decrepit old maid or a beautiful woman who transforms into a hideous witch, the Banshee is never a welcome sight. Much lore exists about this creature, its appearance, and the reason it haunts the Irish countryside. Best to break out the Bible if you happen to hear the Banshees cry. So now I have a little story says, about 10 years ago, I was at my local astronomy club's dark sky site. I was alone, and it was probably around November on a clear, moonless night. This area is pretty cool. Several hilltop acres in rural Ohio with about two acres cleared of trees. The spot I had was on a concrete pad about 20 yards from the edge of the woods. I had spent the night there several times before, and I would occasionally hear an owl in the trees or a dog barking from the nearest home, which was about three quarters of a mile away or so. I had been there a few hours looking through my telescope at galaxies and globular, globular star clusters. I would guess this was about 1 a.m. or so. Anyway, I was just sitting there with my eye planted firmly into my scope's eyepiece when I heard a very loud scream. It sounded like a grown man was standing just inside the tree line with his hands cupped around his mouth, letting out a yell that lasted about three seconds. Hoopla! Do you remember the hoopla guy? Yes, of course. That's what I'm picturing. (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of hoopla! And then throwing the brick at him. Yes! (laughs) The reason I mentioned late November and the woods is because I would have heard leaves crunching under some feet if it was really a person. Ooh, that's a good point. Fair. I've also heard that there were Bigfoot sightings in this area in the 90s. So that possibility went through my head too. Wouldn't I have heard the leaves crunching if it was a Sasquatch, just like I have for deer? I mean, brown leaves were everywhere. My eyes had been dark adapted for quite some time, but I couldn't make anything out or hear any movement after the screen. It usually takes me a half hour to dismantle the telescope and get on the road. Holy shit, a half hour for a telescope? Wow. But, um, yeah, right? But I was out of there in about 10 minutes. The whole time I was packing up, I had the car's headlights pointed at the area in the woods. I heard he's, I heard, oh, the area in the woods I heard the scream originate from. Maybe it was a screech owl or something else. I don't know. But it sure sent a ship, sure sent a shiver down my spine. 
I've been back several times since then, and I have never again experienced anything like it. The end. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All the more reason to just like never go by the woods. Yeah. At night. That late at night. Like, no thanks. So, of course, we cannot have a just ghouly thing, St. Patrick's Day, spooky kooky style episode without talking about leprechauns. So I'm going to finish this episode out with a little bit of information on leprechauns. I'm ready. My body is ready. Every time I think of leprechauns, I think of those scary movies, The Leprechaun. In the United States, we think of this wee little elf dressed in green, traveling on rainbows and guarding their coveted pot of gold. Just an innocent Maori little mischief maker. Or is he? So these fairy-like creatures have been given a modern makeover that renders them quite benign, but they're actually mean little shits. They come not from... <laughs> They come not from a tree or a fairy bush, but from the sea where their kingdom originated. And they didn't venture on land to happily grant wishes of those who have tried to capture them. Leaving the sea probably pissed them off. And legend says that leprechauns are a society of shoemakers with magical powers. They keep to themselves busy with mending and cobbling. And to capture one of these elusive creatures is to be granted three wishes in exchange for its freedom. The original characteristics of the leprechaun is that he's more of a trickster, an evil little elf who wants nothing to do with the general public. He is rather mean-spirited and enjoys playing practical jokes on the unsuspecting. He'd as soon hurt you as to help you. So, I mean, I never looked at leprechauns and ever thought, even with like the United States modern twist on them, I always thought that Mm -hmm. little things and like never liked leprechauns, except like- Oh yeah, no way. Yeah, except like if they left their gold at the end of a rainbow and I found it. Okay, so my story involving leprechauns is titled, I personally know two people who believe they've seen a leprechaun. I'm listening. Just as the title states, I personally know two people who believe they've seen leprechauns. These two stories are unfortunately going to be rather long, but I want you all to get full details. It's not that long, so strap in. Partly, not all the way. We'll get through this. Just the lap strap, not the shoulder strap. This is a lap strapper. Yes. Okay. So both of these stories take place in Western Pennsylvania. The first story takes place in 1991. My ex-boyfriend's dad was the chief of police of a small town located directly outside of a city. He had several police officers who worked for him, and one was a young rookie cop whom I'll call Mike. The police officers in that jurisdiction often assisted the city police with calls. Mike was going to such a call one cold day in the beginning of March. He was driving down a road that on either side was a field of tall, dead brown grass. All of a sudden, Mike saw what he thought was an animal coming out of the grass on the left side. He then saw, he said he saw the next sequence of events in slow motion. He tried to slow his cruiser down. He saw that it was not an animal, but indeed a small, bald, dirty man dressed in ragged clothes, approximately two feet tall, running out from the grass. He Holy sl- shit! He slammed on the brakes. The cruiser did not stop fast enough, and he hit the small man with the front of the car. The man flew up in the air. <laughs> I'm picturing it. Mike jumped out and ran to the front. He said he looked right down at the small man, who he then noticed had reddish brown hair. The little man began a screaming little laugh and hopped up, running into the grass on the right side of the road. 
Mike ran after him, but all he heard was the sound of his evil mocking laugh. When <laughs> horrifying. When Mike That's actually that was funny and then got terrifying really quick once you brought the laugh into it. Yes. When Mike got back to the station, he was visibly shaken. My ex's father said he was a pale white and could barely choke out the story. When he finished telling them what had happened, everyone except my ex's dad began howling with laughter. The other cops teased him relentlessly about the leprechaun story. Since it was about three weeks before St. Patrick's Day, one of the cops went to the dollar store and bought a leprechaun hat. He left it on Mike's doorstep with a note stuck in the brim saying, I'm coming for you, Mikey. The next... (laughs) That's fucked up. That's something your dad would do. 1,000%. The next morning, Mike came in crying and told my ex's father he was quitting the police. My ex's father believed Mike and said he could tell he was extremely sincere in his belief that he had hit a leprechaun. He told the other cops to leave him alone about it and Mike worked with him for years to come. I first heard the story about my ex's father. I could tell he really believed Mike had seen what he'd seen. Later that year, Mike was over at my ex's house. I asked Mike about the story. He grew pale and quiet, and he told me exactly the same story my ex's father had told me earlier. He insists and has always insisted that he hit a leprechaun with his car that day. Now, the second story takes place in 1998. My childhood best friend, Susan, grew up in one of the most haunted houses I've ever been in my life, which is a story for another day. She lived in an old farmhouse way out in the country, that had been in her family for generations. It's important to understand how our upstairs was set up. You'd go up the staircase to essentially a dead end with hallways on either side of the staircase. To the right was a very large bedroom, which was her parents' room. And to the immediate left was her sister's room, then Susan's room, then an open hallway, which led to the bathroom and then a smaller back bedroom. Susan's bedroom had an open doorway into the hallway that faced the bathroom and the small bedroom. I've had my abilities. Susan would often tell me of odd things that happened in her house. Also, she and I would often discuss odd things that happened to both of us when I would go over there. One morning, she came into school and told me in a whisper that she had seen a leprechaun in the hallway of her room the night before. I could tell it scared her. I asked her if she'd ever seen it before, and she said she had. She said she'd heard wrestling noises out in the hallway and gotten out of her bed to peek around the corner. In the corner of the hall, she saw a small man, approximately two feet tall, in dirty clothes with red hair. She froze in fear. Then she said the man disappeared. She said she'd seen him before out of the corner of her eye moving in the hallway at all hours of the day. I remember her clear as day saying to me that it did not look like the leprechaun on the Lucky Charms box. Just to make that (laughs) Being an amateur paranormal investigator, even at nine, I asked her to draw me a picture. I still have the picture somewhere in, at my parents' house. She drew a small man with red hair standing in her hallway. She believed she saw the leprechaun one more time. Then she told me she never saw it again. It should be noted, too, that Susan was not asleep or in her bed at the time she thought she saw the leprechaun. She would see it out in the hallway or out in the corner of her eye while she was upstairs. I believe, too, she only saw it over a six-month period. A lot of strange things happened at her house, and I know she believed what she saw and wasn't just making up stories. Now that I'm older and do paranormal investigations myself, I believe that what Mike and Susan both saw are called Tommyknockers. Tommyknockers are like leprechaun-like creatures believed by immigrant uh, believed by immigrant coal miners to live in the mines and move tools and such things. 
This being Western Pennsylvania, each location where the leprechaun was seen was above or near a coal mine. They are often described as dirty, scraggly, sharp-featured looking little men with reddish hair. I cannot express how sincere both of them were to me when telling me their stories. The end. So what I'm hearing is that leprechauns and or Tommyknockers are residing in Western Pennsylvania. Precisely. And for those that listened to our episodes in the beginning of 2020, um, if you guys remember, I had my mom on and we talked about haunted mines and haunted caves because my mom was a tour guide at a mine in New Jersey. Uh, we She talked a little bit about the Tommyknockers. So um, this definitely validates uh, the possible existence of Tommyknockers and maybe could they be relative to leprechauns? Who knows? All right. Ready to shout out our socials? Born ready. Follow us on Instagram at... Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGK Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Shh, it's private. <laughs> that's not that's not part of the name i don't know why i said that it's just just cool things podcast group <laughs> donate to that patreon just Ghouly things podcast or you can totally just buy our merch at tpublic.com search just Ghouly things podcast or rebeccaruber.com slash shop and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share in our show feel free to email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye! Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot. Now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 on Kindle. Available on Amazon now.